0: good jeremy how about you
1: all good man good 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 living the dream as some might say how's uh how's things going for you guys up there
0: oh pretty good pretty good i was supposed to have company but uh they got sick and didn't want to come anymore
1: oh gotcha man i guess there's you know,
0: something about being considerate
1: yeah that's right hey eh?
0: um i don't know i, I used to i think we used to have something called consideration in this world, but I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I heard about it once, but I think it might be a <laughs> fallacy. It's just a farce. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, we may have, uh, we invited some folks over. This Sunday is the Canadian Thanksgiving. It's our turkey bird day, and uh, I don't know, just one of our buddies last night, he was we, we do this Awana program together, and uh, he had to work. I think he's a pharmacist in a hospital or something like that. He works in a hospital, and um, he wasn't there last night. And then I was talking to his wife, and he has to work Sunday too. I was like, Oh, what time are you working Sunday? Because they didn't have any Thanksgiving plans. So I thought, depending on what time you get off, we're going to have a turkey going. You may as well come out here and have some of it. So we'll see when, if that works out. But it's fun having people over, hey?
0: No. Not at all. <laughs> but we had already taken steaks out <laughs> and a pork roast and some stuff. So, oh
1: man, you're doing it up.
0: That's kind of annoying, but because well, they were going to be here today through Sunday. Okay. So you know you want to plan. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to have uh, the in-laws over tomorrow for steak and which they can come over anytime they want, mm-hmm. but, you know. Yeah. They're old. Hmm. They don't like go It's funny. It's like, oh, we just don't like going out anymore because when we ask them, oh, you don't come over anymore. ah, oh, well, you know, we just don't like going out. But they're always gone somewhere. Hmm. I'm funny. starting to feel kind of it's us.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I know we're, uh, you know, when Steph and I, like, with Thanksgiving – we used to go to all the family's houses and we could always get like four turkey dinners in a weekend for thanksgiving and we did that for quite a few years and it got to the point where like if i saw like a turkey dinner i'm like "Ooh, no thank you i've had my share and so we haven't had turkey i don't know maybe we had it last year for thanksgiving but maybe we didn't we don't do it for christmas we always do like a brisket on christmas but stuff's like do we want turkey this year i'm like yeah yeah like i really want a turkey this year like oh turkey with the mashed potatoes gravy peas the buns oh my goodness i'm actually this the first time in years and years i've actually been like looking forward to a big turkey dinner i'm stoked Mm-mm-mm.
0: i'm kind of indifferent to turkey if you if it's there it's there if it's not it's not because i've had some good turkeys over the years mm-hmm. but the overwhelming majority of people do not know how to cook a turkey. No. It's, mm. And and I do not understand people uh, who say, "Oh yeah, I love dry turkey." <laughs> no.
1: That's yeah, gross.
0: You, I bet you, you're the kind of person. If you like dry turkey, you would sit down with a sleeve of saltine crackers and nothing to drink.
1: Yeah, that's right. It just <laughs> yeah. no kidding. Hey, we had a uh, there's a youth group race we used to do. Who could eat a sleeve of saltine crackers the fastest without water? <laughs> that was a so grossy. Get two a couple kids up on stage and give them those. Oh, it's gross. Or just say like ten of them. You have to eat ten of them without water as fast as you can. Nasty.
0: You know, and that's us. You know, it's the kind of thing we did. Mm-hmm. You're not going to die from it generally. Yeah, and it's real food you're eating, and then we get to the millennials, (laughs) and they eat Tide Pods. That's
1: right. Why? Yeah,
0: you know if you if you put an industrial concentrated soap into your mouth and swallow it, you deserve. (laughs) Okay, let me say if you are of otherwise healthy. Um, psychologically, you know mm-hmm. you're, you're not a special needs child or anything like that mm-hmm. And you swallow it You deserve whatever you get Yep That's what Todd says
1: Yep um, Oh, but
0: I, my kid died Why weren't you watching him?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah why, why didn't you like uh, I don't know, like raise him to Hi, oh, man
0: have more sense than to Swallow Industrial yeah. Concentrated Soap.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: my mom and my grandma and my whole family and everybody I've ever known keeps cleaners under the sink under the kitchen sink mm-hmm. with no lock on the door. Mm-hmm. And guess who has never drank any of that stuff? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> why? Um, because it's bad. Yep. Because the first time you reach for it. You're so young, you don't even remember this as an adult. First time you reach for it, they scare the bejesus out of you. They scar you from ever wanting to touch a jar of ammonia again.
1: Yeah. I but saw this meme. It and, works. Yeah, yeah. I saw a meme, and it uh, it's uh, just a picture of an oil pan on a vehicle with the oil coming out of it and it said uh said somebody should teach all the kids they are eating tide paws where the se- secret chocolate milk fountain is in a car <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah crazy stuff hey i got some exciting news in the shop here today well this week um i got a bathroom all hooked up Ooh. yeah so now i can like i don't have to run to the house to to do my business and and then we just put in like a, just a, the cheapest laundry sink we could find and perfect for a shop because it's nice and big. Like if I need to fill up a five gallon pail of water, I can just set it in there. But boom, a bing. Oh man. I love it's It's amazing how much you need water in a shop. You know, like, uh, when I do Kydex, I, uh, once I'm done it all, I rinse the whole sheath out with cold, cold water. Because that gets any little abrasive bits out and, and you know, and then I blow the compressed air on it like crazy and stuff, but it's like, oh, got to take it into the house. You got to take it up to the house, but now, nope, I can just do it here. It's, I'm pretty stoked. And then we have a gentleman, a pipe fitter coming today to take a look at the boiler system. Because this boiler hasn't been ran for like 10 years at least. And uh, it looks fine. Like it looks like everything's here, but man, I have no clue what I'm doing when I see these boiler systems because... Uh, I mean, there's in-floor heating, and then there's the the lines that go up to those ceiling heaters that blow the hot air, you know, if you open the door or something like that. And then there's a separate circuit for the office because it's got, like, radiant heating along the, like, baseboard radiators. It's all part of the boiler system. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's so many little things here and look like little motors and valves and this and that, so I called them yesterday. Oil-fired? What's that?
0: Is it oil-fired?
1: No, it's uh, natural gas. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that's even worse. Is it? I mean, to start messing with if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Because not only do you depend it upon it for heat, so you don't want to mess it up. You start messing with it, you could explode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And, and now, I, I've
0: lived next to a house that oh, the no. guy was in the basement doing some DIY <laughs> to a natural gas boiler, and it, <laughs> yeah, All you heard was, you know, <clears throat> and a giant concussion. Wow because there wasn't enough oxygen to sustain mm. a, an explosion. Yeah, it just used up what was in the basement. And then, you know, wow, went out, but Oh, my Lord.
1: Yeah. You know, I was talking to my dad and I'm like, <clears throat> Oh, my dad's, um, uh, he's got his like, he's a steam uh, steam engineer ticket. He's got he's got a bunch of those type tickets, like HVAC, whatever third third class steam engineer and he can run steam plants basically so he knows he's a lot more comfortable with this stuff right and uh but i don't know if if you don't know the boilers or how even these systems and these circuits work you just have no clue and so i was kind of looking at it and i was like oh, okay so i saw the line where the natural gas is coming in and uh i cracked that one but they have it comes in and it tees off and goes to the hot water tank and that was totally disconnected. It's like crack it and I'm like, oh, shut that off real quick. <laughs> We're just putting straight natural gas into the room, but see, so yeah, we will get that hooked up. So I don't have hot water out here in the bathroom yet, but yeah, today he's going to come take a look and, uh, he said, uh, we'll have a look at it, see if it needs anything. And if it does, I'll let you know, you know, what we should do to get it going. But it's kind of at the point like this time of year where I would consider like, yeah, let's, let's turn on a little bit of heat. Like it's not that bad. I would say it's probably like between sixty to sixty three in here right now, and it it stays that way because it's and you know you got a big huge slab of concrete you know it maintains temperature well. But we're getting down there. We're getting. We had frost again last night. Well, yesterday morning. Well, a little frost on the windshield. So I'm like, ah, we better get this stuff hooked up soon. But man, once that's done, this is gonna be like a. It's gonna be phenomenal. Gonna have to put in a kitchen here, bunkhouse, (laughs) and have everything you need.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be like. I don't mean this in a bad way. I just mean it in a way. It's like getting up and leaving your house and going to work, Mm -hmm. because where you work at has all of the amenities of work. Yeah, yeah. You know, your shop, kitchen, bathroom,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, office. Yeah, and it's nice. It's amazing. Like a. Like even, okay, you know what, I'm working away and, you know, 10 o'clock comes around. It's like, man, I need to go to the washroom. I'm like, okay, well, I got to go to the house. And that's, I mean, it's it's not a big deal, but it's like, it, it probably takes an extra 10 to 15 minutes, right? Because you're there and then the kids are like, oh, can I, they want to show you something they're learning in school or this or that. And it's, oh, it's not a huge deal, but it also is going to be nice sometimes. Like, no, you know what, I can uh, you go out to work and then come in for lunch break and actually be on a break. Like, okay. I'm not working for the next half hour. I'm gonna eat something, sit there, see how the kids are doing, and then go back. When you kind of maintain a little bit like more structure like that, it it just seems I don't know. I enjoy that better than just being like, hey, <laughs> I mean that's why we took all the bicycles, the kids' bikes, out of the shop because it's like they'll come in to get their bike, but then they'll be like, hey, what you doing? And it's like working, <laughs> and it's, I don't know. It's one of these things. Try and turn to create as much separation between like home life and work life. And that's a challenge when you work from home. But, you know, having this shop has been massively good for that. And then these little little tiny things we can keep doing, like a bathroom out here. we got running water out here. If I need to rinse a paintbrush or something, I don't have to go inside. It's just it's kind of nice. I'm excited
0: about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I know you're not like me, but, you know, if I had my shop all complete, you know, it, it, I dread going to work every day because I still work for a jerk.
1: That's right. Yeah. 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 Oh,
0: I was. <laughs> I don't know what I was watching. It was one of those stupid uh, TV shows you never watch, but you sit down, it's on, and you're not watching it. But then something good happens mm-hmm. in five minutes, and it's probably the only good five minutes that's ever going to be on that show, and you just happen to catch it. Yeah. It, it's some stupid. Uh, comedy that's on nowadays, the woke jokes. Oh, but, yeah. but, uh, guy was, you know, he was sitting at a bar complaining about work. and The bartender's like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. My boss is a jerk and blah, 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 blah. He's like, and the guy, the customer's looking around. He's like, Aren't you worried your uh, coworkers are gonna, you know, tell on you for talking smack about your boss and you know, and they got cameras in here and I know my boss reviews the uh security cam footage looking for, you know, employees doing anything or saying anything. You know, aren't you worried about that? Like, no, nah, I own the joint it was just funny mm. the whole he spent five minutes talking about himself
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny I'm
0: like hey I would do that yeah yeah I uh, my chair is getting way worse with it squeaking so if it bothers anybody sorry it's the only chair I got right now
1: yeah if it bothers you suck it up <laughs> until
0: later today when I get my new chair
1: Oh, you get a new one
0: I finally uh, got tired of um not buying one and for years i've wanted this one particular chair by herman miller the embody but they cost like money real money um uh, and now but now they've got into a partnership at some point uh before last week uh with logitech hmm. and they did like a gamer chair it's just the way the thing's colored because if Mm -hmm. you look at the construction of the chair it's still a herman miller embodied chair Hmm. anyway um but the the good thing about it is instead of having to go to herman miller and build your chair you know pick out your cloth your color your casters this that and the other Mm -hmm. it's off the shelf oh well and uh Oh, yeah. I just went ahead and ordered one of those. Right on. Yeah, it hurt, but <clears throat> it's supposed to be one of the best chairs um, because they, they call it, uh, the back support is, they call it, they say it's pixelated. Hmm. That's what they say. It's uh, multi-point. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, And they're all adjustable by one knob. Uh, how that works, I don't know, but... Hmm. Uh, both of my back specialists that also have bad backs, uh, one from a horrific car accident, and then being run over. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> uh, got in a car wreck with a semi, ejected from the vehicle. Then somebody who saw the wreck who was pulling over to no help way. ran him over. Oh, no. <laughs> Next time, don't help. Yeah. <laughs> but no, both of those guys have the same chair. Okay. Yep. So I'm like. Yeah, maybe they know something.
1: Hmm. That'd be cool. At,
0: at two grand. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to pick but up a sofa, you, and that's what it costs.
0: You get what you pay for, though, in some things. Yeah. All right, most things. Yeah. You get what you pay for. I guess everything, literally, you get what you paid for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the old saying being, you know, pay up for quality Mm -hmm. and anything like furniture that you sit on that's going to get that kind of abrasive abuse Mm -hmm. and weight and everything yeah get quality Mm -hmm. you know ikea doesn't cut it
1: neither does lazy boy
0: (laughs) None, none of those um yeah i'm gonna go out on a limb and say i haven't found a chain store that you that's Anywhere you know just uh, that has lifelong furniture.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Now you go to some boutique places, yeah, sure, handmade furniture, yeah, sure. That's why I've always wanted Chesterfield original because you go look at a eighty-five year old Chesterfield and it's it it's baseball glove worn in, comfortable, mm-hmm. just man.
1: I think I have one of those Todd in, in, in the upstairs, there's a little dark nook in this shop and there's this thing that looks very much like what you describe as a Chesterfield. And I asked my dad, is it, is that a real Chesterfield? He's like, yep. Yeah. And I said, really? He's like, yeah, you guys can have it if you want. I said, I don't know if I want it, but I'll, I'll have to send you a picture. It's got some boxes on top of it right now, but it literally looks like it's a hundred years old. And,
0: and if it is a Chesterfield, you might want to, you know, get some leather reconditioning because there were some bank.
1: Hmm. Well, this one's cloth. Were they ever cloth?
0: No. Oh, okay. Well, just I don't know. You could back then. You could get whatever you want.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, my God, they you could go to, uh, Cadillac and have a car that they don't build built back then. Hmm.
1: Yeah. You yeah. had money. Yeah. True. So. Yeah. No, we had uh, so. Right when we moved here, we went and there's this place, it's an Alberta, sorry, Alberta, a family run uh, furniture store. And really, really nice showroom. Their salespeople are phenomenal. Like they, you just wander around, they're just like, if you need anything, just come grab any one of us, right? But they don't follow you. They say, if you want a hand, let us know. If not, feel free to walk around. And man, it was such a different experience because we've been buying a lot of furniture over the last several years, you know, with our houses and stuff like that and um so we ordered these a couch and a love seat and they're made in bc and um the couch was in stock so we picked that up right when we bought it and then we weren't supposed to get our love seat till the end of november and then we got a call yesterday that it's in and so we're like yes but um so i'm gonna go pick that up today and then it's it's weird in our living room right now we've only got one couch <laughs> and then we've got like a leather chair and then room for another, uh, like a love seat, but it's missing it. So it's got this weird vibe right now. So it'd be nice to have that. And, uh, but man, you know, I always thought Lazy Boy was a good quality. And so like in one of our other houses, Steph and I went and had Lazy Boy furniture custom made, right, like couch, sofa, love seat, and picked out our fabric, picked out our cushions, this and that, paid for all the warranties, like all the warranties. Like the guy told me, he says literally, if you take a knife and stab this couch 20 times, if it's within 10 years of the date you purchased it, we'll just replace the cushions for you. Brand new cushion, we'll make them exactly it. Man, we had parts of the frame on that thing, on the couch, pop out of the back. It looked like two pieces of me- angle iron, just kind of sticking, actually cut through the fabric. This was about like four years after we bought it. Call them, they come out, oh no, that's not under warranty. I'm <laughs> like, you dirty rotters, man. That those things were con they were absolute garbage, like garbage furniture. And we paid it. I mean, it's not like premium premium, like, like we bought for this last stuff, but man, for what they tell you. And I remember, you know, maybe it's a, a generational thing, but like my grandparents, I was like, Oh gotta be lazy boy. I only buy lazy boy furniture. And maybe it was good then, but man, I am hundred percent against lazy boy right now. It is absolute junk, like literally junk.
0: Yeah, my Ugh. late uncle, he had a Lazy Boy chair, right, big leather recliner. Mm-hmm. It's still, to this day, awesome.
1: Yeah, right? they, they changed.
0: L- lazy Boy did change. Mm-hmm. The, the company itself changed. Yeah. They, they were purchased and uh, then went for profit. The original Lazy Boy that just made recliners and chairs, mm-hmm. I know exactly where they were made. Near High Point, North Carolina, and awesome. Yeah, uh, but and even that place, you know, the furniture capital of the world at one point was uh, right near Asheville, North Carolina, and even those big companies are kind—not all of them, but some—they're almost like offshore but onshore. Yeah. kind of yeah. thing. And
1: ugh. yeah, no kidding.
0: This IKEA mentality—it just annoys me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, we we buy IKEA for things like uh, any like board products, like you know, we've done like k- built-in closet systems with IKEA, and fantastic. And then we'll take like those Billy bookcases and screw a whole bunch of them together. You trim them out, and it looks like a custom built-in for like a fraction of the price at a fraction of the time. But I find anything cushioned, like anything you sit on of theirs, I find very awkward. But I don't know. I'm, yeah. It's funny. I want to hate IKEA, but it, I'm sitting right now uh, podcasting on an IKEA table, sitting on an oh, IKEA on. chair.
0: <laughs> the the computer, it's not a computer desk. It's a desk. Yeah. But I find that I like those better than a computer desk. Mm-hmm. Um, where those, I hate keyboard tray. Can't stand it, but uh, but this thing in the, my com- actual computer desk downstairs is IKEA. It's one of those that look like sawhorses,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and but this one looks just like a Victorian kind of thing. And over to the right is a handmade table I made. Hmm. But that's where my roadcaster at.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: it it broke my heart when this thing uh, when we moved here. Uh, they broke my table.
2: Mm.
0: It's a, it looks like a, a sofa table, the old, uh, if you put, I have a couch in the middle of the room like they did back in the 50s, and there's a table right behind the couch for a lamp. That's like a sofa table. Mm. Yep, yep. And so that's what it is. Uh, but I built it, put a TV on in the bedroom. because hmm. uh, I. Until we got to where we were gonna stay for a while, I didn't like hanging TVs on the wall because it leaves substantial holes in it. Hmm. Because you got to use those lag screws anyway. uh, Yeah, they broke this thing, and it's oh man, Hmm. I'm I'm speechless just thinking about what happened. Hmm. It just broke my heart. Anyway, yeah yeah it's too bad hey <clears throat> and then the jerk said oh it's just a thing it's not like a person <laughs> oh really can you make it yeah well no well, i made that yeah And you just broke it jerks oh you made that yeah i made all the every table in the living room too hmm. uh i made the clock on the wall in the living room I made a bunch of stuff the, you know the the big pantry that you guys completely uh, complained about for thirty minutes before you even tried to move it in the house. Yeah, I built, I built that. Hmm. Oh man, how'd you move that? I'm smarter than you. Yeah. And I thought the guy was gonna punch me because uh, <laughs> I literally said that at that point. I'm just over him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you uh do you enjoy making furniture? I did. Yeah.
0: I've been doing a lot of soul searching this week um, about the shop because I went in there and the place is a disaster. Uh, Let's just call it nature. Okay. (laughs) There's some things that happen in this area, specific the upper Cumberland region of Tennessee, that uh, probably don't happen anywhere else in the world with certain kinds of bugs and Uh, other things. Yeah. And where I had like five dead mouse mice on the floor downstairs in the shop because we had put out uh mouth bait uh oh no it looks like a holocaust
1: really with, now, with, with and I'm what like,
0: mice really? dead mice i'm like what in the yeah. flying flip yeah so i'm, I'm you know i'm kind of disheartened right now now one i got to go clean it up and two <laughs> how can i prevent this from happening when We paid very good money to a professional exterminator in this area that specializes in this kind of thing, Hmm. uh, and it happened. Yeah, I'm like, uh, but this year was really bad for um, the food chain Hmm. because we had uh, more copperheads in this area than 70- and 80-year-olds that lived here their whole life have ever seen. Oh, wow. Uh, and they said, we've never seen, uh, this kind of thing before, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. And now that now we're overrun with it and this thing and that thing and the other thing, like, I don't know. Hmm. And then the snake had to behead on the front porch. Yep. Uh, with one of Ken's knives, it's a, uh, you would think it's a harmless little funny snake because it's black on top lime green i mean neon Mm. it's like highlighter green on the bottom or yellow Uh, they can do both and the human eye can see both colors both ways uh depending on who you are and but it has an orange ring around the neck and so it's called a ring snake and uh there's also a snake identical to it but instead of having one stripe on the belly it's two it's broken in half Mm. And that one's called a ribbon snake, completely harmless. You do not want to kill them because they get rid of some things that, and they're tiny, you know, they're small, mm-hmm. about a foot long, size of twine. Mm. Uh, and they get right up in the nuts and crannies and take care of some bugs. But uh, these uh, ring snake, oh, yeah, it has venom. Mm. They don't consider it to be venom because it can't kill you.
2: Mm. But it has venom. Yeah.
0: And it will hurt.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm like a copperhead'll hurt, but it's not they don't consider it deadly, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't want to get bit by one. Yeah. Uh uh but still.
1: That's crazy.
0: And if I ever get bit by a copperhead, God help the rest of them. <laughs> Cuz I'm I already shoot them on sight. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh no. Uh-uh.
1: Your yeah. <laughs> god. Declare war. Hmm. I
0: will go back to school and become a snake exterminator.
1: Hmm. Uh, just, oof. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, I really don't think like within 50 miles of where I live, I don't think we have to worry about anything. Get a little further south, like Lethbridge area and stuff like that. They got, they have rattlers. I don't know what, which rattlesnakes are, but, um, you always hear people talking in the spring, I think, is when they're the most dangerous because they're just kind of getting going. And and that's also when they're kind of the most disguised because it's everything's brown and they're brown. So I said, you know, springtime runners and cyclists always need to be careful of those guys or it's whatever. In
0: the spring, when right at the first thaw. Yeah. When any time a snake molts and then uh, breeding. mm. And here september october uh or the last part of august into september maybe the first week of october maybe depending on the weather yeah for copperheads is the most dangerous time because um they're all well one they're all angry all the time but uh they they may, there's a mating season uh, allegedly. gotcha uh, because they i i don't know
1: yeah i'm not a fan of snakes
0: <laughs> i i I well, like I said, I'm I'm afraid of them. I'm definitely afraid of them. But you can't be out here, and I'm the kind of guy that um, I worry about little things, and I might ping a little bit here and there about little things, like what time dinner is dinner. Yep. Oh my God, I'm gonna be late for work or late for doctor's appointment. But well, you put me in, in the middle of an emergency, the world slows down. I'm as calm as a cucumber, and I get I get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way I am with a snake, you know, hmm. the, the first snake we saw when we moved here, I'm like, well, you got to do what you got to do. And when had to, had to catch that one by hand, I didn't have my tongs yet. Oh, wow. Uh, not good. <laughs> Cause oh, I still get the shivers and goosebumps thinking about touching that thing. Yeah. So but it was at the right time of year, the right time of day. And he already had food in his gullet, mm. you know, right behind his head. Mm-hmm. So I just picked up his tail, slowly ran it, you know, held my other hand like a an O ring, yeah, and just slowly slid till I got to his head, and huh! wow, <laughs> and then took uh, a machete and you know chopped his head off. And then he lived for another three hours all pissed off.
1: Yeah. Isn't that crazy? They say, like, after you cut their heads off, you still, if you get bit by them, they can still give you venom. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Little jerks. right behind their little jaw.
1: Yeah. Creeptastic, man. That's so gross. You got to
0: be careful where you, and I didn't know this at first, but now I do. And if I, you know, behead a snake now, I have to do it in a certain, I try to do it in a certain spot. Hmm. So I separate the fang from the sack, mm. uh, yeah. which is right behind their, where their head hinges, hmm. but it is right there, oh, okay. depending on the snake. And uh, yeah, because I don't want to accidentally get, or anything, you know, accidentally get bit by a uh, headless snake. Yeah, yeah. A headless, <laughs> a bodiless snake.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like you go through all the work catching it and you yep <laughs> oh and then he got me <laughs> it's like, yeah. what a well, bum deal I, I that was a couple be.
0: of videos to try to learn how to catch it right yeah and but there's always the hey here look how this stupid idiot caught a snake yeah yeah and uh my favorite are the the indians that play with uh uh cobras yeah yeah and this guy was uh he caught it. He was in, I don't know how, I don't know why you would do this, but you go to a open air street class on how to catch a cobra. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some, cool. <laughs> Some European tourist, right? Yeah. And he learned how to catch this cobra. And you would think, too, that they would use f- like cobras that had been fixed, taking their yeah. uh, venom. Oh, no. Oh, wow. That'd be too easy. Huh. So this guy he of successfully catches it. He's got his the head in his right hand, but it's just laying there. Yeah. And the teacher is like slapping the back of the head, you know, to make him open his hood.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, this uh tourist just I don't know if he didn't hit him right on a bad day. The snake didn't have his coffee that morning. I don't know. But he hit him and he just I mean, before, I think it was, I don't know, a millionth of a second. Uh, all you see is this um, the snake's mouth wide open over this guy's eyeball. Um, oh. He's biting him on the face and just grinding, uh. you know, pumping that venom in. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You got what you deserve. Yeah. I have no sympathy whatsoever. No compassion, no nothing for you. Yeah. Just like people that. Hey, this beach is known for shark attacks. I'm going to go surfing or swimming there. Yeah. Um, well, you're in his house. I don't have any sympathy for you. Sorry. Or like
1: the, the who's a Dingleberry the Crocodile Hunter? <laughs> it's like, oh, st- this croc's real angry. I'm going to stick my head right in his mouth. <laughs> it's like, man, there's certain things in creation that you just don't mess with, you know? Or people that like get in cages with lions and then, you know, they train lions, and then one day the lion kills them. And it's like, no kidding. This thing is literally the king of all the beasts of the field. It's job is to kill everything below it. And you somehow thought for like career purposes or, or entertainment, or even for research and science, it's a good idea to just play with this big, huge cat that is going to kill. Man, it's like, sorry, dude. <laughs> That's on you. Should have known. You know,
0: if, if Steve Irwin had been killed by uh, a giant snake or a crocodile, I could understand that.
1: It was a, it was a, uh, He's
0: been poking that bear his whole life. Yeah. But, you know. Stingray. he cruising along in the ocean. <laughs> and then... Have a random stingray just jump out of the water and stab you in the chest? Yeah, but hey,
1: was it random? There's nothing random with yeah, like him.
0: He wasn't messing with it or anything, really. They were just riding along, taking uh, B roll. Oh, really? And yeah, <laughs>
1: so somebody told the stingray to give him a message. Hey, this guy's yeah, been pissing. Those
0: Crocs were <laughs> like, <laughs> look, <laughs> we can't get him. Yeah, we'll be the first suspects. This is- can you do something? And they're like, yeah, we 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 know this. Uh, Stingray assassin clan. Yeah,
1: we got this. We'll take him out. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause like, so we went to grand Cayman once for a vacation and there's stingray city, a place called stingray city. And so you take a boat and it's a couple, it's like two or three miles off of the coast, this huge sandbar that kind of comes up and the water's anywhere from like two to six feet deep in this huge area. And all these boats anchor down and there's the stingrays go there to sun themselves. And so, I mean, I've got pictures and, and stuff of me, you, you put your snorkel on, you dive down when they're swimming underneath you and you just grab onto the fronts and they just pull you along. And the only thing they tell you is like, when you're stepping off the boat, look down, make sure there's not a stingray under you and then you're fine. And they'll like kind of bump into you and rub on you and kind of creepy. Uh, we took Kobe, like when we went there, he was like. Maybe two years old or something. No, he's less than two for sure. But we took him there and I got a picture of him sitting on a stingray. <laughs> and I look back and I'm like, I don't know if that was all that smart. But mind you, if every tourist does it and it's not dangerous. I mean, come on. It's not like we're in some weird backwards place. It was, yeah, Grand Cayman's fairly modern and, you know, it's not like they lose tourists and just hide them under the rug and they'll be get some trouble for it so I figured it was safe enough but yeah it was weird some of those suckers uh maybe like six feet wide like you, you go down there and you'll see them coming. and you kind of got to swim really quick because they're I mean they're slow when they're just cruising but they're fast compared to people so you kind of want to try and get up to their speed and man it is cool you ride those suckers for like 20 30 feet and it's just man it's neat but yeah I kind of think there's certain things that's like it's, it's neat to observe wild animals, but um,
0: Bear Man.
1: Who's Bear Man?
0: Oh, God, you don't know about Bear Man? No. Google that, but he uh there's this guy, this tree-hugging snowflake <laughs> that went up and lived with grizzly bears every year.
2: Mm.
0: And, I mean, he would literally <clears throat> camp out with them and wow. feed them and, you know, try to do this and do that. And until one year, it was a really bad fall and a really bad winter. So you had a bunch of starving Grizzlies. <laughs> hey, friends, I'm back. <laughs> and the one that he called his best friend. Yeah. He said, look, guys, it's an hors d'oeuvre. Let's get him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <gasps> yep. Huh. And, you know, and he videoed everything. There was a big to do on it, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I remember when it happened and, Morning radio just shredded him back then, Hmm. you know, because you could back then. Yeah. yeah. You can't now, but. That's crazy. uh, I mean, you you go up and you live with grizzly bears. Yeah. What would you imagine is going to happen? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, And, you know, people that develop intense relationships with animals creep me out. Like you'll see those scientists, like this guy that you're talking about, or wasn't there this one lady who like dedicated her life to gorillas, and lived Jane
0: Austen? Yeah,
1: I'm like, man, that person is is gross. That creeps me out. There's something wrong with that. Like humans were meant to have intense relationships with humans, uh, but man, to dictate, ugh, I don't know. I I don't trust people that get that intense and serious about animal. I mean, you know what? You, you It could be your number one biggest fascination and you want to study them and learn about them. That's fantastic. You know, I always say if you look at creation, you can learn about God because every single thing about creation will teach you something about God. And, but man, these people that just obsess and it's like, they, they think this animal or any animal is more important than the people in their lives. And I'm like, man, that is messed up.
0: Well, I mean, Jane had a family, so... I mean, she was a scientist and she studied gorillas because they'd never been studied like that. But, you know, so I I might put her more towards the sciences end of it. Mm-hmm. But bear man, no, he's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. He, he had no professional, you know, animal science training that I know of. Uh, he was just a nut that went and lived with grizzly bears every year. Hmm. And until he got eight. Yeah. It's so funny because his friend, you know, went up there after for the uh, documentary they did with it, and he's just all broken up because, you know, during there where they ate him. Yep. And where he found the guy's camera and everything and they had to watch the footage. No, you didn't have to push play. You didn't have to rewind yeah, yeah. that. Sure. You did it because, you know, we we all have a morbid sense of curiosity. Yeah. But uh, you have to train yourself not to be that person that blocks traffic because you want to slow down and look. Yeah. Ugh, stupid. Don't do that. Yeah. It's none of your business you know, unless it's a family member.
1: Yeah. So I, I got a question for you. What's And this is something I've never, only the last couple of years I've thought about it, and I, I don't know where I stand, but what do you think about zoos? Like a zoo. A zoo? Yeah.
0: I love zoos
1: what do you think about animals going to zoos but animals being uh, in a zoo?
0: and I will tell you if you go back thirty years, don't like zoos
1: oh, okay they didn't treat uh, animals well then
0: well no no there was a different mindset.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know when it happened, but it's probably been within the last twenty twenty five years, mm-hmm. probably this century hmm. uh, I know all of the State and national zoos in the U.S. have been standardized. Mm. No more, no longer is putting a d- animal on display the number one priority.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Conservation is. Okay. So you can, they, they have zoos like in Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Zoo, which is the main one. Uh, you have animals there, You'll the public will never see. Oh, really? Because they're there to get healthy and they're there... Uh, For rehabilitation and then reintroduction, Mm -hmm. and you get them too used to people, you can't do that.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, they have uh, one herd of some animal, like a some buffalo or something. I don't know, but it's the only herd left Hmm. on Earth. And had they not been saved from, you know, Africa, we wouldn't have any anymore. Hmm. And what they're doing is breeding them, selectively breeding, and like nature would do they don't you know protect the weak and all that and then they're slowly sending them back into a preserve and then when the the herds large enough to self sustain it'll be reintroduced uh on that giant uh nature preserve that's like half of one of those countries
2: hmm. I,
0: I know the name of it. I just can't recall it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I could recall who Jane Austen is, but.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Anyway, I think it's because that gorilla's in the mist movie.
1: But. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess, like, the one thing I'm surprised, so, like, you know, Calgary has a pretty good zoo, and um, I'm surprised that animal rights activists don't speak out against, like, it's. Because I I do think like in any way, uh, they basically make money and maybe that's so they can fund the work they do, but they, they still have animals on display, right? Like lions, tigers, bears. Um, you know, I remember I was working in San Diego, I was flying back all the time and I got talking to a lady, um, who's flying from Seattle there and, and she's a member of the San Diego zoo society. And she gave me tickets. She asked for my address. She goes, Oh I'll make you tickets. And, and so Steph and I went to the San Diego zoo. And what a disappointment. Like I didn't realize Calgary zoo was that impressive, but I don't know. It's, it's, I always wonder, like I honestly don't care either way. When I was a kid, I loved it. We'd go to the zoo a lot. And with our kids, we used to buy, um, You can buy annual passes before they went skyrocket, they went up like four times one year over the other, but you know, it's cool because little kids love the zoo and what a great way to teach them about animals, you know, and get them interested, like where else just seeing a a lion in real life, walking around in front of you, even though it's, you know, behind glass or a big cage wall, there's something intriguing about it, you know, and more than just learning about it in a textbook but i'm also kind of like i don't know man i don't know like i i believe that we have dominion over the animals and they are ours to to manage and to look after that's what god assigned man as a task right we have to look after creation but um yeah i don't know i'm i'm just surprised that they're even allowed to exist with how how everything's canceled for the the you cancel um Dr. Seuss books, right? (laughs) For for absolute trivial matters, but they're still allowed to have critters on display and charge money for it.
0: I can tell you why. Why is that? Why it works with these animal rights snowflakes because they nationalized the zoos. So now the government runs them Mm. or regulates them. So people are bad, animals can't be with people Government protects us, the government gives us everything we want. The government is taking care of the animals. That's great. Yeah,
1: the government is good, people are bad. <laughs> oh, God. oh, that's precious.
0: And people do suck, don't get me wrong, but the government's <clears throat> way worse. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was funny. We had well, why
0: uh, is the government worse, Todd, because it's people, but with power,
1: exactly. With unjust unjustly, unjustly gained power. It's not like they were so wise and made such great decisions that people said, you know what, we noticed that you're doing such a great job in every aspect of your life, your family's just a stellar group of people. You've got successful businesses, you help out with charity and you're really part of your community. Why don't you run for this office position? <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> um, we had, I think it was yesterday, there's an election for the provincial conservative party of Alberta and the gal that was elected I mean we're members so we voted I didn't vote for this person but um a couple years ago she was with the, a party called the Wild Rose Party and she literally walked across the floor and joined a different political party I'm like wow and so now she's the leader of the Alberta Conservative Party and currently we have a conservative government but Man, I don't know. We're going to be back to NDP mental retardation soon. Government I'm just so sick of. I wish they would just hit the cancel button on government. Just Like, stop. You know, the job of the government should be to monitor and organize land titles. And not really a whole lot beyond that. Like, legit. And people think you're insane if you speak this way. But no, it's, it's true. You know, people can do so much better for each other than the government could do for anyone, you know, I explained to my kids. So say, say like we need government for roads. I'm like, well, now we've created a monster and I understand we can't go back, but I'm like, okay, so I own a field and that's registered with the government. This is my land. Okay. Now my neighbor wants to cross my land and he comes to me and says, listen, can I, can I put a little road in along your fence line from here to there? And then, you know, I'll, I'll give you a pig every year. Cool. Sure. There we go. Now we're working together. We're both being benefited and nobody's losing. Right? And, and
0: until and this is what actually used to happen and especially out west uh, you come to my land. Everybody's playing along. Come to my land. Hey Todd, can we put a road next to your french line on the west end of your property, you know, you're the only thing between us and town. Nope. I want it on the East end, but you can't cross, go across the North or South part of my land. So now basically I'm saying no
2: mm-hmm.
0: without saying no, mm-hmm. just because I'm contrary.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I want a road to town too, but screw you guys. Mm-hmm. I don't like you.
1: Mm-hmm. And and the, the thing is that's your right. Right. No. Or, or I mean, it's, it's good to do everything you can to live peaceably with people as much as in your power. But at the same time, that's your right.
0: If it's your land, you can eventually, you know, after a year or two of me being contrary, I have an accident while out farming. And then, you know, the next person that owns the land gets to put the road in.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, that's, what used to happen. Mhm.
1: And I th- I think um, that is a better system than these massive governments that we have.
0: I'd rather not die. Yeah. Cuz you want a road.
1: But then just don't be a jerk. <laughs>
0: well, I'm just saying it's by right. I, no,
1: I know. I agree 100%. <laughs> but I mean it's 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 not like that stuff doesn't happen there's, these days.
0: There's really no good answer anymore um, if people are involved.
1: <laughs> no, that's true.
0: It, people will screw up anything
1: the sinful nature of man yeah if you
0: would rather yeah if you would rather sit and get paid for doing nothing than you know do something that makes you feel good about yourself by providing for your family or even yourself you know there's no hope for humanity no if you if you we have 40 year olds living in their mommy's basement mm-hmm. eating um hot pockets and playing <laughs> Call of Duty. People suck. Why? That's funny. I'm serious. No, I know. I
1: know. I hear you, man. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: I like um someone when Danette knows uh they're you know, they have a fat, disgusting uh, member of their family that games mm. allegedly for a living. Well, I get paid to game. Yeah. Do you? But should you? Yeah. I don't know. Um, the answer's the, no. The, f- the big successful gamers I know of don't look like you because they have to also put on a public image for their sponsors. Yeah. You know, so you had – you know, Kyle, Woody, and all the people of today, you know, you look at the any kind of media for these games, like, Hey, you know, these are our gamers that we sponsor in the world gaming games. Yeah. Uh, and none of them look like Jabba the Hut. Yeah. Why? Because it has to be a positive public image for that company. And the game.
1: Although Jabba the Hutt's a more accurate <laughs> depiction oh, of God gaming. Uh,
0: I mean, because they want, in Call of Duty, they want somebody that looks like, you know, they've done four tours in yeah. Vietnam. Yeah,
1: know? a special no. force operator.
0: No. They, those guys <laughs> might game to get paid, but they don't game game. Yeah. I mean, they did when they were 13. <clears throat> yeah. You know, not now.
1: Yeah, I'm... A- i do not i d I don't I don't know if I'll ever be convinced otherwise, but I am anti-game. Anti, anti as you could be. Like like I always wanna and then it's it's weird because you gotta be careful because so many people play games, but uh I wanna do a shirt that just says gaming is for losers. But you know, you you wear that and it's like I teach Sunday school, and so if I ever if one of the kids saw me with that on and they were gaming, that'd be pretty mean. So it's a thought it's best keep to myself, kept to myself, like most thoughts, but Man, I... I I would
0: relent on gaming a little if we could... And I know this is a slippery slope, right? But make sure the games aren't teaching the wrong lessons. Yeah. One. Two, put a time limit. Mm -hmm. You get 60 minutes in every 24 hours, uh, and that's it. That's all that gaming console or game program will work
1: and that that will never we're so far past that like I know that was back in the Super Mario days where games were kind of innocent trivial and you got bored with them like I had a I had an NES one of my uh one of the teachers my dad taught with at Sate, he didn't have kids and didn't have grandkids so he treated us like his grandkids like he bought me an NES for Christmas and that was like more money than my parents spent on us (laughs) you know it was that kind of a thing they're super super nice folks but um we would play we had Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. We had the little gun, and we'd come in, play for like 10, 15 minutes. And my parents never once said, turn it off. We would get bored. It's like, you know what, let's go play floor hockey. But now these games are so, these games are absolutely dangerous. And that's even one more reasons why I'm so against them is that they fulfill, they, they try to fulfill deep-seated human cravings and desires, and, and people literally honestly think they find fulfillment as a human being in a character that they are and that is so terrifying to me and, and-
0: yeah, Zelda and World of Warcraft way back when the first big online where you could meet people online and go play the game mm-hmm. that ruined it yeah because you could get bored playing by yourself because most people need human interaction what mm-hmm. um, I guess you're we're built for. It. Hard for me to say because I hate people. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Like, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, you know, but once you started being able to interact with a mic and a headset, now you have a human interaction. Yeah, and you're gaming. Uh, ugh.
1: And people say like, like I, I guarantee, like there's a lot of crazy violence that is directly a result of people obsessing over violence in a video game because it's so realistic and you say that and most people are like, no, you're absolutely crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not. You're, you're completely retarded to think anything other than that. Like you spend all day long, like with these, I don't know, they got these, oh, what's that one vice city or Miami? Yeah.
0: yeah Grand Theft Auto.
1: GTO. Yeah. And it's like, so you literally, you're obsessing about just this horrible behavior. Like if all you're doing is driving the cars around, that's cool. But that's not what people are playing or doing. Let's just get real. It's like, okay, let's steal. Let's kill. Let's sell drugs, do all this bad stuff. And that's what you do all day long. And, and it's, uh, it's glorified. It's like, yes, you're doing good in this game. Cause you killed these people. Now you're head of a gang. And then we wonder like this kid goes out and shoots up a school. I just don't understand why Johnny would do that. Like, come on, you freaking moron. I'll tell you why, because that's all he thinks about. His brain is obsessed with those actions, whether or not they're actual real or virtual doesn't matter. His brain has lost the disconnect between the two. And it's like, man, I guarantee we'd have way less like horrible crimes and stuff with, with kids and like young adults, society would look completely different right now if there was not such a thing as a video game. And that is a fact of the matter and And to my grave, I am anti anti video game oh don't get me started in grand
0: theft auto one of them when they did the expansion pack or some whatever they call it in these in the grand theft auto universe where you could uh not just complete a mission and then have access to a hooker you could rob the hooker and if she gave you lip beat her up or kill her wow yeah and then some parents were like well, you know, if he's gonna do it, I'd rather have him do it on a video game. Yeah. What? What did you just say? Yeah. You did what? Yeah. You know, that parent needs to be beat up.
1: Yeah, I know. At that
0: point, oh, good old fashioned spanking is what those parents need.
1: No, nah, they need more than that. just a spanking. <laughs> they, if they, Johnny
0: was gonna do that, I'd rather have him do it on a game.
1: Now that parent needs. How about a,
0: Johnny? Don't do it. Yeah,
1: club to the head. Not just a spanking. You need something that's why gonna leave. Say lead.
0: what I was spanking him with.
1: Yeah, <laughs> put a mark on that's not coming off in the shower. <laughs> you know, my GMC 2500 HD. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, crazy, crazy. That's why it's nice to live out in the country. Hey, Todd. Oh, yeah. oh I was gonna tell you. Uh, I was thinking about this, this morning when I was making a uh, coffee because two episodes ago we had those white dogs in our front in our shop here. Yeah. 2 days ago I get a call from my next door neighbor and uh I was driving and there's actually two cops on Harley's right beside me so I didn't answer the phone. Uh I got home like 5 minutes later and then I called him back and he's like, "You don't have uh two white dogs, do you?" I'm like, "No." And uh well that was his voicemail and he had since found the person so it's a guy that lives just down the road a little ways. And uh he called him up and he says, are "These are your dogs?" And he goes, No, they're my sisters. And he goes, Well, they're running around. He goes, It's not my problem. It's my sisters. He goes, Well, where's your sister? He goes, She lives in the city. So, Well, why are the dogs here? Because I look after them.
0: (laughs) Then it's your problem. (laughs) And he's Accepted that responsibility. Yeah.
1: He said, This guy really kind of didn't put the connection that if he's looking after those animals, he's responsible. He goes, Why are you mad at me? They're not my dogs. And he's, and so that's uh, my neighbor. He's a, he's a, you got to, be careful around him. He's a nice guy if you're on his side, but if he's mad at you, you know it. And so he said, oh, I read him the right act. And he would like, he's read us the right act when we first moved here. And it, oh, he, he's given my boys trouble about the way they're building their dirt bikes, uh, their motocross track. He's like, you better not let weeds grow. Cause those weeds are going to be in my crop. And then I'll be in big, you'll be in big trouble with me. And like, literally he tells that to their face, like just shoot from the hip, let her rip, but deep down inside, he's, he's a good guy, but, um, he told them, he says, well, I'll let you know this. He goes, this is your warning. So he went out and got the dogs. They're friendly dogs and the two great Pyrenees. Put them into their dog run. And then the guy came, and picked them up and he says, I'll tell you this. He goes, if they're on my land one more time, I'm shooting them both. And I'm not going to let you know. I'll just drag them out to the field and let the cows eat on them. <laughs> and he goes, you wouldn't do that. He goes, yes, I would. He goes, you don't ever let those dogs come on my property again. Or they will be dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and he would actually do it but yeah so the one thing I was glad to find out was that they're friendly though because I asked him I said are they friendly He's like oh yeah they're really nice they just come right up to you and you pet one wanted to be pet and the other one is a little bit more shy but they didn't like bark or didn't act in any way so they're leaning up against me and stuff so that's good I just didn't like the idea of like you know a couple dogs wandering around if my like foster's outside all day like, he carves sticks with, like, knives and axes probably, like, five hours a day. And that's not an exaggeration. Like, all he does when he's—school's done, boom, he's outside in the trees carving sticks. So, it's just nice to know there's not big, mean dogs coming around. But that's well, all. You know,
0: a dog's a dog. A dog's an animal. I'm sure that uh, Stingray had never heard of Soul till he did.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs>
0: I mean, we all, you know i I know Benny is a an amazing dog, uh, probably one of the most amazing personalities in an animal ever. Mm-hmm. I don't want him around a bunch of strangers because there's always that one yeah. for no apparent reason. The dog will say you're no good, or <laughs> you know, they yeah. kick you when you're not looking. Yeah, uh, and then bad things can happen, and then you're liable and blah. Yep. Just don't like it. Yep, I hear you. But, and I, I've told you before, I can't, I cannot stand people letting their dogs run wild. Yeah. I just can't. No, it's twenty twenty two. Stop. Mm-hmm. Respect other people, please. Yep. Exactly. You know, we got two percent of the population saying. Oh, gotta give us respect Uh, and then they cancel the rest of the world where's your respect for the rest of the world yeah you know for sure whether you go to hell or not is your business but we should all be able to get along at least non-violently here on earth you know
1: Mm -hmm. i hear you
0: i know we want to keep it close to an hour but i got something i I've been wanting to chat to you about for three weeks okay, or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, mechanic in, on a car mm-hmm. or a truck or heavy equipment. If you're in the mechanic field, right? Mm-hmm. Basically in North America, most of North America, you, you are either paid hourly or flat rate. Mm-hmm. I to get your opinion on that um, with an example that – is a real world example. Uh, and I don't think it, I don't think the other side, meaning the consumer and the company, can have it both ways. I don't think you should. You are either going to choose to pay your uh, mechanic hourly or flat rate, right? Mm-hmm. Not whatever is most advantageous to you, because you don't want your employer doing that. And one example is, Uh, flat rate you take a car in to have your tires changed and rotated Mm -hmm. or just just changing the tire take it off undo the lug nuts take it off remove the rubber from the rim put on new rubber balance it and put it back on the car put the lug nuts on Mm -hmm. 12 minutes is all you're paid for per tire very rarely does it take 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes 40 minutes, an hour. It just depends. What problem are you going to run into with that tire?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And the, this person was showing real world example, random vehicle, and it took 41 minutes just because, you know, lug nuts were seized. Uh, the, the, uh, chrome had started to delaminate because of corrosion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they were swollen yep. you have to beat the lug nut uh socket on there and yeah a- anyway yeah, i've
1: seen all that Yep.
0: um just had all kinds of problems that you run into every day with every tire it takes 40 minutes well he's only getting paid 12
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right very next day he has to d- change a lower control arm on a vehicle the book says it's you get paid it's a seven hour job so you have to pay seven hours worth of labor and the mechanic gets paid for seven hours worth of labor because he's been doing this 20 years he can do the job safely and without harm in 45 minutes Yep. and i'm like well you should still get paid seven hours because you get screwed on the tires and oil changes and you know 300 other jobs Mm -hmm. but there's 40 you can cut corners would you don't have to take the engine out to change the stupid lower control arm, mm-hmm. and the reason is one of the bolts uh, on the lower control arm is uh, kind of covered up by the lower engine mount. Mm-hmm. So by the book, you know you got to take the engine out. Yeah. To get to a stupid lower control arm bolt, no, I'm going to take all the bolts out of the engine mount and use the jack stand, lift it up. Just enough so I can get my wrench on the bolt. Mm -hmm. Save six hours, 40, uh, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. You should still get paid for that, but they don't.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm like, you're robbing the guy.
1: That's crazy.
0: You rob him, uh, changing a tire and you rob him now. That's not right. If you're going to say flat rate, it's flat rate all the time. Yeah. If you're hourly, it's hourly all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, and on top of that, if you work for most companies here, you, it's a 40 hour week. And that means not just that you're working 40 hours, but you're doing 40 hours worth of book work. So even though he did seven hours worth of work in 50, uh, 45 minutes, he only gets one more hour worth of work that day.
1: Oh, wow. Really? Yeah,
0: I mean, what? No.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's not right. Is that how it works there? Yeah. Oh, that's retarded.
0: I mean, it's not in every shop everywhere because some people use common sense. Yeah. But then you also have some shops that tell you 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 need a new uh, transmission control module. When you don't, you pay for it. They don't change anything and they get paid. Yeah. Yeah. So you have unscrupulous shops out there and then you have uh, shops that go, you know what? I'm splitting the difference. It took you 45 minutes. We should... By the book charge the customer seven hours worth of labor but they know they weren't here seven hours yeah so i'm gonna charge them three and a half hours
1: mm. See, I, and
0: I, then that makes up for the tire <clears throat> and then so you know
1: yeah I, i'm gonna and i think shop rate is the only way to go because technology changes um i, I don't know it's a great equalizer like you know one mechanic is always going to be better than another mechanic you know and you know what his security will come in the long run now if you have got a guy who's a bomb he's like oh I get paid by the hour and they're just lollygagging we'll fire him get rid of him you're gone but when you have these things where it's like this is a flat rate job i mean, like like you say it, it can go either way and you have to in order to accept that you have to go both ways so it's like no if, if i'm going to lose money on this you're only going to pay me for 15 minutes for this job and it took me half an hour okay it's fine the next one like you said you, you you get it done in six hours faster nope that's mine too like you ha- either ha- it's either one or the other it can't be a combo
0: yeah I, and that's as a consumer i know some days i'll be on the winning side of it some days i'll be on the losing side yeah but that's life that's a compromise yeah and i know from being a mechanic for the, all those years um and I wasn't getting paid. <laughs> I was on salary because I was in the military yeah and and then as a motorcycle guy, I, I charge by the job. okay, but you could then yep. Yeah. Um, and I was I didn't have a quote unquote business. It was you know a guy in his garage. yeah. and they're like, oh, how much to put on the suspension? You know, you look it up, how much the part they want, if you have to order it, or they brought the part themselves, you're like, eh, it's gonna be two hours, you know, this is how much I get paid. I wanna, I wanna be paid for my labor per hour. And then that's what I give them. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, okay, cool. And you know, because you're not doing enough work to have to legally have a business license and then get and pay taxes, whatever the tax rate is in that, in, in the state, and it was six and a half percent. I reduced my hourly rate by that, just mm, to be fair, yeah, yeah, you know, so
1: yeah. And you know, like, like I've done jobs for people and I'll be like, how much do you charge me to do this? I'm like, you know what, I'll do it for this price. And then say, okay, cool. You agree on it. And if it goes swimmingly well and it it's done sooner, well, cool. You know what? We've agreed on this price. That's okay. I did better on that job than I thought I would. And that's good. That's fine. And I'm not gonna be embarrassed about it. I'm not gonna say here, you know what? I'm actually gonna give you some of this back. No, because at the same time, if I say I'm gonna do this job for hundred bucks and it end up spending me like two days cause things go sideways, I'm not charging you anymore. I'm not gonna come back and say, well, you know what? This was way more work than I thought. I know we agreed on this price, but it's actually gonna cost you this. That, to, if you're doing like quoted work, like by the job, it's like, boom, the worst thing on earth is somebody says, oh, I'll, I'll, like when we are building our house, our old house, you know, we had a, a contract in place and it was this much for this, this much for this, this much for this. He came back so many times with change order, change order, change order. It was over $30,000 he tried to get out of me that I did not owe him. Like six grand on electrical alone. And, you know, he'd come back because we did the walkthrough with our electrician, said, okay, we'd like this light here, uh, you know, the light over the dining room table, we want it to be here. And then we wanted to add a couple things. Like we wanted a light up in the soffit on the front porch for Christmas lights with a switch in the, the closet. So we could turn the lights on from inside the house and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, did the walkthrough with the electrician. Then our builder comes to us a few days later and goes, yeah, so uh, I just need you to approve this change order for $6,000. And I'm like, what? And he said, $6,000 for all the upgrades to the electrical uh, install that you've done. I said, okay. I said, well, here's the deal. I do have some contingency money, but not a whole lot. And I'm not spending any of it here. We still have a lot of house to build who knows what's going to come up. So I said, just build it to code. And my builder looks at me and goes, what What are you talking about? I said, no, just tell the electrician to build it to code. He said, well, he didn't, he didn't bid it uh, at code. I said, well, legally he has to. I said, can I see his license? Like he's a, a licensed contractor in this province, electrical contractor, because if not get him out of here. Like everything has to be signed off by inspectors. I only want qualified people doing this. And anytime you bid a job, you have to bid it to code. That's the law. Oh, I don't think he did. Uh, he, he really No, I said, no, I said, I'm not doing this. So anyways, kind of, I said, no, get out of here. Like I'm not talking to you anymore. And this is when things were already going south, come up, uh, to, you know, kind of walking around before they put drywall up and the electricians, like asking me a couple questions, so Is this exactly where you want the light? I'm like, yeah. And then he's doing a bunch of stuff. I said, no, 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 don't do that. I'm not paying for that. He says, what do you mean? He said, well, I, I didn't approve the change order. And he said, I, I didn't submit a change order. I'm like, he said you wanted six grand extra for all the things that I said. He goes, no, that's kind of, you didn't add that much, like maybe 50 bucks in extra switches, you know, a hundred bucks in wire. I'm not going to charge you extra if that's not a big deal. And so literally that was my builder trying to screw me. Right. And it's like, dude you agreed to do this job for this price done. And you know what? There's a certain sense where if it was way too low or, or if things really did go really, really bad and there's just all kinds of unforeseens and he's going to lose money. Well, that's bad for everybody. L- like when people, people don't realize like when they're trying to get deals, they always want to screw somebody so bad. It's like, Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I took him for, for a ride. Well, that's actually not good for you as, as the guy who got the better deal. Because, you know, everyone needs to make money for society to work. The way the free markets work is everybody has to profit from it and everybody can if, if, you know, we're, we're smart and not greedy, but yeah. So that's the thing. Like you charge for that suspension upgrade and if it goes good for you, cool. You make an extra, yeah. Yeah, I made did a little better. I did about 15% better than I thought I would. So that's a little gravy, you know? for experience, for, you know, looking at it the right way and and being interested and working hard on it. Or if things go wrong, it's like, holy crap, I busted this bolt on the frame and now I had to take it to a welder and get this bolt TIG welded on for suspension mount. I ate that cost. you would do that too, right? And uh, I don't know. My thoughts are it has to be one or the other. And it has to be like, you know, your word is your bond type of deal, the way things used to work. Say, so you're going to do it for this price, and that's what you do it for.
0: And we think we think that, and there were people who did that. Yeah. The guy that I worked for in 1986 doing concrete at uh, Federal International Airport, uh, he paved his driveway with overage concrete mm. that he ordered for the job <laughs> to build a airport. Yeah. So Oops. he would order, you know, <laughs> And he knew the guy; he was a concrete <clears throat> contractor, and I, I don't know this. And I know they were incredibly close. The guy on the concrete plant, but I don't know that they were related. You know, but I know they were extremely close, and they called the same person mom. So I don't know. Mm, yeah. Um, but anyway, now he'd you know order concrete for the airport, and the. Art we were doing it called for extremely resilient, super hard concrete, mm-hmm. and his driveway will outlast um, <laughs> the pyramids of Giza. That's funny, <laughs> that's funny. Uh,
1: yeah, it's too bad, eh?
0: You know, uh, and then the uh, <clears throat> another guy that was on that job built his daughter's house oh, wow! on overage. Wow. He did, didn't pay a dime. Yeah. But, you know, he, when you're building an airport uh, expansion, you know, a whole new. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're and before computers. um, You order some construction material, and add two zeros behind it. You know, instead of one, two by four, you're getting 100. Mm-hmm. And only one makes it to the job because that's all you need. Yeah. And then the people that are building the airport are just writing checks, left, right, and center.
1: Or on a job that size, you need ten thousand two by fours, and you just add an extra yeah. two thousand. That's enough for a house. Nobody's going to notice it, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And he, um, and the and the people selling the equipment or the materials and delivering. Gonna say boo, cause exactly. you know, cutting off the gravy train. Yep, for sure.
1: <clears throat> well, I gotta get to work, Todd. I got a bunch of stuff. I gotta get some signs done. Gotta take them in, pick up the couch, and then be back before the boiler guy gets here. So Anybody I hear s- something weird. What's that?
0: Danette almost bought a new couch this week. No, oh, really. Yeah, that's odd. That is. You guys got one and. And that almost bought one.
1: Huh? Weird. Crazy.
0: The universe.
1: That's right. Right on. Well, thanks a lot. Todd is great chatting with you again. Absolutely. And thanks to all of our loyal listeners. If we have any, we don't even know. <laughs> I know of two for sure, but.
0: Well, I do know one thing. What's that? And I forgot to tell you, but the, the people at uh, our uh, server, where we park our, uh, I don't want to say the name, but you know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they, I keep, I'm, I'm getting emails from them now. Uh, and allegedly the owner of that company, uh, he's got one of those stupid, uh, names that you just want to choke every time you see it. Cause the name comes with a sweater you wear around your neck. You know, Chad.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, we've been uh, paying attention to your podcast, and you know we'd like to charge you a lot more for a lot less. No, I'm gonna keep what I got.
1: Yeah, yeah, no kidding eh? <laughs> right on. All right, we'll uh, we'll talk to y'all later next week, I guess.
0: Yeah, we'll see y'all in. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye,
1: boy. Bye.